Chapter One: The Sound of the Shell. The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of the rock and began to pick his way towards the lagoon. Though he had taken off his school sweater and trailed it now from one hand, his grey shirt stuck to him and his hair was plastered to his forehead. All round him, the long scar smashed into the jungle with a bath of heat. He was clambering heavily round among the creepers and broken trunks when a bird, a vision of red and yellow, flashed upwards with a witch-like cry. This cry was echoed by another. Hi! It said, wait a minute. The undergrowth at the side of the skull was shaken, and a multitude of raindrops fell pattering. Wait a minute, the voice said. I got caught, I got caught up. The fair boy stopped and jerked his jockings with an automatic gesture, and made, his jung- this, made the jungle seem for a moment like home counties. The voice spoke again. I can't hardly move with all these creeper things. The only the voice came backing out of the undergrowth. So the twig snatched on a greasy windbreaker, and the naked crooks of his knees were plump, caught and scratched by thorns. He bent down, removed the thorns carefully, and turned around. He was shorter than the fair boy, and very fat. He came forward, searching out safe lugaments for his feet, then looked up through his thick spectacles. Where is the man with the megaphone? Fair boy shook his head. This is an island, at least, I think it's an island. There's a reef out in the sea. Perhaps it ain't grown up anywhere. Fat boy looked startled. There was that pilot, but he hasn't wasn't in passenger tube. He was up with the cabin in front. A fire boy was peering at the reef through the screwed up eyes. With screwed up eyes. All them other kids, the fat boy went on. Some of them must have got out. They must be they must have mustn't they? Fair boy began to prick his way as carefully as possible towards the water. He tried to be offhand and not too obviously uninterested, but the fat boy carried after him. Ain't there, ain't there any grown-ups at all? I don't think so. Fair boy said this solemnly, but then with delight a realised ambition overcame him. In the middle of the scar, he stood on his head and grinned at the reverse boy, fat boy. No grown-ups, the fat boy thought for a moment. That pilot, the fair boy, had allowed his feet to come down, sat on the steamy earth. He must have flown off after he dropped us. He sh- couldn't land here, not on a plane with wheels. We were attacked. He'd be back all right. The fat boy looked at his head. When we, we was coming down, I looked through one of them windows. I saw the other part of the plane. There were flames coming out of it. He looked up and down the skull. This is what the tube done. The fair boy reached out and touched the jagged edge of the truck. For a moment he looked interested. What happened to it? he asked. Where has it got to now? The storm dragged it out to sea. That's not half dangerous with all those dim tree trunks falling. There must be some kids still, wouldn't it? He hesitated for a moment and spoke again. What's your name, Ralph? The fat boy waited to be asked his name in turn but this profiter of acquaintance was not made fair boy called ralph smiled vaguely stood up and began to make his way once more towards the goon the fat boy hung steadily to his shoulder i expect there's a lot more of us scattered around 
You haven't seen any others, have you? Ralph shook his head and increased his speed. Then he tripped over a branch and came down with a crash. Point boy stood by him, breathing hard. My auntie told me to not to run, he explained, on account of my asthma. Asthma? That's right, can't catch my breath. I was the only boy in our school had asthma. I fight boy with a touch of pride. I've been wearing specs since I was three. He shook, took off his glasses and held them out of Ralph, blinking and smiling. Then it started to wipe them against his grubby windbreaker. Windbreak, wind, expression of pain and inward concentration altered the pale contours of his face. He smeared the sweat from his cheeks and quickly adjusted the spectacles on his nose. Then fruit, he glanced round the scar. Then fruit, he said, I expect. Put on his glasses, waited at the rail for Ralph, and crouched down among the tangled foliage. I'll be out again in just a minute. Ralph disentangled himself cautiously, and stole away through the branches. A few seconds, the fat boy grunts from behind him. There was a howlingly towards the screen that still lay behind between him and the goon, climbed over a broken trunk and was out of the jungle. The shore was fledged with palm trees. It stood or leaned or reclined against the light. The green feathers were a hundred feet up in the air. The ground beneath them was a blank bank covered with coarse grass, torn everywhere by upheavals of fallen trees, scattered with decaying cocoa nuts palm saplings. Between his was the darkness of the forest proper, and the open space of the scar. Ralph stood, one hand against the tree, grey trunk, screwed up his eyes against swivering, shivering water. Out there, perhaps a mile away, a white surf flinked on a coral reef, and beyond that, the open sea was dark blue. Within the irregular arc of the coral, lagoon was still the monstrous lake. Blue of all shades and shadowy green and purple. The beach between the palm terrace and the water with a thin bow starved, endless apparel. For Ralph's left the perspectives of palm and beach and water drew to a point of infinity, and always almost invisible was the heat. He jumped down from the terrace. The sand was thick over his black shoes and the heat hit him. He became conscious of the weight of his clothes, kicked his shoes off fiercely, and ripped off his each stocking with his elastic garter in a single moment. Then he leapt back out on the terrace, pulled off his shirt and stood there among the skull like the coconuts, with green shadows and the palms and the forest sliding over his skin. He then did the snake grass of his belt, lunged off his shorts and pants and stood there, naked, looking at the dazzling beach and the water. He was old enough and twelve years and a month have lost the potent tummy of the childhood, and yet not old enough for adolescence to make him to have him awkward. You could see that he might make a boxer as far as wet for the heaviness of his shoulders went. He was of a mildest about his mouth, and eyes that proclaimed no devil. He patted the palm tree softly, and forced at last to believe in the reality of this island, laughed delightfully again, and stood on his bed. He turned neatly on his feet, jumped down on the beach, knelt, and did a double armful, and swept a double armful of sand into the pole against his chest. Then he sat down and looked at the water, 
A brief excited eyes, Ralph, the fat boy, lowered himself over the terrace, sat down carefully, using the edge of the, as a seat. I sigh, I have been such a time. Then fruit. He wiped his glasses and adjusted them on his button nose. The frame, it was made of deep pink V on a ridge bridge. He looked critically at Ralph's golden body and then down at his own clothes. He laid a head on the zipper extended down to his chest. My auntie, then he opened his zipper with decision and pulled the whole windbreaker over his head. There, Ralph looked at him sidelong and said nothing. I expect he wanted to know all their names, said the fat boy. I made a, I make a list. Wilt have a meeting. Ralph did not take a hint, so the fat boy was forced to continue. I don't care what they call me, he said curiously, so long as they don't call me what they used to call me in school. Ralph was instantly interested. What was that? The fat boy glanced over his shadow. Leaned towards Ralph, he whispered. They used to call me Piggy. Ralph shrieked with a laughter. He jumped up. Piggy, Piggy. Ralph, please. Piggy glanced at his hands in appreciation. I said I didn't want Piggy, Piggy. Dar- Ralph danced into the hot air on the beach, then t- returned to the fighter, play- the fighter plane. With wings stepped back, a machine gun. Piggy! Squirrel! He dyed his hand, sat sand, Peggy's, Peggy's feet, and lay there laughing. Piggy! Piggy grinned reluctantly, despite himself, as even his, this much even at this much recognition. So long as you don't tell the others, Ralph giggled in the sand. The question of pain and concentration returned to Piggy's face. Half a sec, he hastened back into the forest. Ralph stood up and trotted among long to the right. There, he and the beach was interrupted abruptly by the square motif of the landscape. A great platform of granite, pink granite thrust up, uncompromising through forests and trades, and sand and lagoon, and made this raised jetty for four feet high. The top of this was covered with a thin layer of soil and coarse grass, and shaded with young palm trees. It not enough oil for them to grow any height, and when they reached perhaps twenty feet, they fell and dried, deforming a crisscross pattern of trunks, very convenient to sit on. Palms that still stood made a green roof, covered on 